Thank you for tuning in to the Mile 40 podcast. I am Beshoy Tadros, the author of Break Barriers and Audacious, both of which are sold on Amazon. And I invite you to join me as I engage with guests to discuss those bounce back moments that we encounter on our personal journey. Mile 40 is a forum to learn about how athletes, professionals, and leaders of all backgrounds stare down moments in life where the only option is to rise up. The Mile 40 podcast strives to remind listeners that the comeback is always greater than the setback. Welcome back to another episode of the Mile 40 Podcast. Thank you all for continuing to ride along with this journey. Um, If you haven't already, please be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Um, Really, really excited about today's guest. Today, I'm joined with by uh, Erin Falter. Erin is a friend of mine, first of all, but she's also the founder of Pink Skies. It's a marketing consultancy for startups and the creator of WorkWork, a self-growth and mindfulness newsletter. With a data and analytics background from Taito, she helps clients achieve meaningful business results through strategies supported by data. Notable clients of hers include New Era Cap, Dose, Tandem, As We Move, amongst others. Through her newsletter, Erin emphasizes the importance of both inner work and external ambitions. They are inextricably linked. Last but not least, Erin is a top requested mentor on MentorPass, a platform that connects founders and operators with experienced startup mentors. Erin, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Bashoy. It's really great to have a chat with you today. I'm always worried I'm going to trip up over all these bios and I'm, I'm working on it. But uh, <laughs> I, I really... well, I wasn't sure how long how long would you be, you know? <laughs> no, no, that was good. And it's pretty much in line with, with all the other ones that have been coming on. So really, really appreciate it. Erin, um, I've been following you for years. We've been friends. And uh, I know not too long ago, post-COVID, you moved out from the city down to Miami. Um, yeah. And so we haven't been seeing each other as much. But um, certainly, I've been following along with your journey. And um, from my end of things, I'm just so incredibly proud of where you've taken yourself uh, professionally and personally, and, and how you've built uh, a platform that you know has a very engaged following. And I'd love to kind of dig into uh, you know how we got here today, uh, and some of the lessons that you learned along the way. So Outside of what I mentioned uh, in your professional bio, can you give us a little background as to who you are on a personal front? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, first of all, thank you for that. And it's been awesome to see you grow as well and um, do everything that you're doing with Mile 40 and, and Break Barriers. So um grateful to be here. Yeah, on a personal front, um, I would say that... I am a hyper ambitious individual who recognizes that my personal growth and development is so core to who I am. So I have these like really worldly ambitions within the business world. And then I also focus really um, intentionally internally on like what I call inner work. Um, So that's like really core to who I am. I definitely take work and my external ambitions super seriously, but I also um, am hyper-focused on making sure that I'm growing within as well and and staying in tune with that, receiving that feedback from the world and then kind of checking back in with myself. Um, so that's like, I would say sums up what I'm doing on a regular basis is like, okay, how am I helping businesses succeed? And also how am I making sure to check in with myself? Um, but I moved down to Miami and what is it? 2020 now. Um, we left New York. My partner, Nick and I left New York after, um, seeing what could happen with COVID and kind of being fearful of how things were within New York specifically. It was just like, whoa, this could be a moment that was like on... um, What's that? I Am Legend, that Mm. movie, I Am Legend. Like the bridges could be locked down. We could be stranded on on Manhattan Island. And so we rented a car and we went to South Carolina for a bit, um, around five months. Didn't know how long we were going to be there for, but kind of bunkered down there and decided that we wanted to kind of travel and live in different places for a bit. So we went to LA for a little while. And then ultimately we were going to skip winter and come to Miami. We decided to buy a place and here we are and here we've been. There you are. Um, You know, you talk a lot about intentionality and something we'll touch on with regards to this episode, um, perhaps later on is intentionality 
in your partnership. I think one of the things that um, a lot of a lot of us have seen, and you know, I know Nick as well, um, is really how you guys have gone about building yourself um, as a duo and as a, as a partnership. And um, yeah. it's clear uh, that there's a lot of intentionality behind that. Um, and and we'll dig into that a little bit. But uh, oh. before before I I pry into some of that, let's talk more about. Um, the platform that you've built and 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 how you got there with regards to deciding this was your calling, perhaps. Um, because I can also tell that you are super in love with what you do. You know, this isn't a job. This this is a little bit more than that. Um, can you walk us through a little bit of your background professionally and and how you got to this spot? Yeah. Um... I would say that I, I used to always joke that like I have entrepreneurism in my blood. Um, I know a lot of people consider themselves to be entrepreneurs, but I was always like, it's like ingrained into me and both my mom and my sister have started their own businesses. And so I got to be a part of that from a really young age. Like I'm talking like eight years old, packing um, marketing brochures into envelopes for my mom's um, online phone card selling business. Um, and so I saw what that looks like and all that goes into it and kind of the passion behind um, building a company that I knew that there was going to be something involved um, in that regard from the beginning. So um, I basically after college was like, how do I get the most experience for the startup world as possible? Because no one at that time, it was like just when the startup boom was happening, the tech boom in New York, and I really wanted to be a part of it. Um, but there was like this thing that you, you only, they only wanted to hire people who had like massive amounts of experience at that time. Like nobody really wanted like the, the, whatever you want, I can do kind of intern. Um, so I was like, I need a lot of experience. I started out in the advertising agency world and I was like, this allows me to have multiple different challenges and find multiple different solutions for a variety of businesses because you're working across multiple companies. Um, and after I did that, it was soon after that I was helping out with an athletic apparel brand on the side that that entrepreneurial bug hit me. And I was like, I need to leave. I need to go and like see this through. Um, and since then, I've been working with startups um, ever since. And I really just love working with founders and operators trying to build something, trying to make a vision come to reality. And I like helping that happen. Um, and being a part of that process, it's like, it really drives me. It fuels me. And um, it's what I'm really passionate about. What's the most challenging thing about getting your foot in the door with a startup when you're dealing with uh, a founder who perhaps identifies with the brand as, as being, you know, their baby, uh, essentially? Um, and, you know, now you have a lot more experience under your belt, but I imagine it doesn't make it any easier um, getting someone at this level of the game to still kind of bring someone in to essentially take care of their baby. Um, are you still kind of um, constantly uh, positioning yourself or have you kind of uh, built an avenue to get into the door a little bit uh, more seamlessly now? Yeah, I think that honestly, startups aren't for everyone, truly. Like, that's one thing I've definitely learned through seeing um, and hiring for different people. Not everyone is cut out for a startup environment. It's really fast paced. And more than anything, it's changing constantly. Like change is truly one of the biggest constants there is in that space. And not everyone wants that. Some people want to have a little bit more stability and a little bit more of an even keel ride. Um so I would say that that's one of the most important things that there can be. And I also think that um, it's really hard for anyone, not just me or in the startup world, I think, to work on a business that you're not also passionate about. And I think that's one of the things that I'm really good at is being someone who helps you see things through an outside perspective and an outside lens, but still being like almost just as passionate about your business as you are. And you really need that those people inside close to you to be like a really strong advocate for your vision and, and what you're building or else you, you're, you feel alone and you feel kind of like isolated on this Island. And it's honestly not really possible to like, 
break through um, the challenges that you have. And because it's inevitable, it happens all the time. It's ebbs and flows constantly. And if you don't have the people around you who are willing to like push through that and see that vision and get excited about that vision, then it's not going to, it's not going to work. When did Pink Skies come to life? Was that something that, you know, came about when, um, you know, you were very, you know, at the very beginning of this journey when you were working, uh, you know, with those brands here in New York? Or was that something that came about later? It happened right around the time of the pandemic. Um, that's really when I started to focus on working with a variety of um, startups and brands. And um, yeah, Pink Skies, I think some people are like, oh, it's a cute name. And it is. I definitely didn't. I wanted to avoid um, having it be like focused on my name, um, the first and foremost. And then secondarily, I just think when I thought about the the types of founders and people I'm working with, there's just like this never ending to do list, like nonstop, always more that they could be doing, always more that they could be testing and optimizing. And sometimes it just feels like really like gray and gloomy and like there's so much to do. And um, I think when you start to work with someone who takes a positive approach to things and like looks at challenges through the positive, a positive perspective, you realize like, oh, wow, like as we chip away at these things, as we like actually start to like make progress and focus on the things that are most important to move the business, it can feel a little bit like, um, not to be cliche, but like pink skies staring at a, a sunset, you know, it's like, that's how I view it. And sometimes I think people do have those moments where they're like, oh, wow, we're like, we're really doing this thing, you know? I- I love that. I can imagine the beauty in those moments. And um, I appreciate that you kind of walked us through that because naturally that was going to be my next question around the derivation of the name. So uh, thank you for that. Um, Given the work that you're doing, um, do you ever get the itch yourself uh, to start up something? Um, And you essentially are, right? as a mm-hmm. consultancy but like do you um you know see some of the products that are being built by your clients and and thinking to yourself like are are the wheels turning in your own mind around building something similar on your own or are you more happy um in in the role of the consultant essentially kind of helping people see their ideas come to life yeah i love that question um i think one, appreciate the acknowledgement of the fact that it is essentially my own business in, in a lot of ways, but it is it is helping other people with their visions and their business and building what they want. And um, that is something that can be... Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I am like like doing and enjoy and I'm really good at. And other times I think, oh, maybe there's going to be a day where I have something that I'm building of my own, um, like a physical product, for example, let's say. Um, so I think that that could happen at some point. Um, outside of that, I do view work work sort of in that way. Um, it's something that is truly just my brainchild and something I'm passionate about. And I am looking to continue to grow that. But for the most part, Um, I do think you have to kind of like strip away. If you're building something, you have to strip away everything else and really focus in on that one thing that you're doing. And one of the things I've definitely learned is variety is like a big um, value of mine. I like to have multiple different things going on at one time. I like to be working on multiple challenges. Um, And until I find something that is worth stripping away all the other things I enjoy doing, um, I likely won't. Uh, be doing something of my own. Got it. I, I want to dive into a little bit the idea of the vision. And when you think about founders and, and people who run startups and, and even people who run platforms, like I even think about this platform and, and the vision that I have for it. You know, a lot of times I think to myself, man, I could really use someone's help. But at the same time, you know, as someone who who oversees a platform, I have a hard time um, understanding how I can bridge the gap with my vision and what this outsider uh, perhaps perceives as my vision. I don't know if you're following along and if this makes sense. Yeah. But, but I imagine this is something that you come up up against a lot in the sense that um, 
sometimes it's very hard to articulate a vision, especially if you're the creator and you're the founder and you're the person leading the way. You mm-hmm. you see something grand. You see maybe five, 10 years ahead. And a lot of times, you know, you bring in a consultant to help um, and um, you have a hard time uh, bridging the gap between what the consultant thinks your vision is and what your vision really is. And I imagine that you come across this and I'm I'm asking this long-winded question to kind of get at how do you work on better understanding the visions of the people that you work with? Because I imagine that's such a hard quality, uh, but something that I know personally from hearing other people who have worked with you that you are good at. So mm-hmm. what 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 is that skill set composed of, if you could break it down a little bit? Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it's really like I've definitely narrowed in on the types of founders that I enjoy working with. Um, I think that there needs to be inherent trust involved. Um, It also, it's also something where you have to recognize where as a founder, I'm speaking more from the founder's perspective, you have to recognize where your strengths and your weaknesses are. And that's the, the weaknesses is the area that you should be hiring for. Um, so if there's someone that I could be potentially working with that knows everything there is to know about digital marketing and uh, acquisition and retention strategies and, and everything in that realm then there's really no point in having me on board and they have that they have the vision combined with the skill set to activate that whereas um a lot of founders come in with a lot of different skill sets they come in with a branding background they come in with a finance background they come in with an operational background and they don't know the ins and outs of what it takes to grow on the digital marketing side and so that's really where like my skill set comes in and there has to be a trust and a willingness to, like this it's this balance between like holding that vision so close that they need to see it through and every single thing that goes out there and every single thing that, that we do and recognizing that it is also a limitation if you don't allow other people that you trust who have different skill sets than you and different um qualities about them to bring an extra layer and flair to it. It's like adding on as opposed to subtracting. And I think that that's what a lot of founders might think is like, oh, if someone doesn't see my vision exactly the way that I see it, they're taking away from that possibility. Whereas if you find someone that you trust and has an additive skill set to you and can see in a, in a lot of ways the vision, then they're an additive. They're adding on to the vision. And it might not look exactly like you think it will, but it never will. Like life yeah. just doesn't happen that way. It isn't like exact and to the point. And I think that's why it's called vision. Like you, you see into the future, this like possibility and this idea and what it could look like, but it's, it's truly impossible to know one, it's going to happen exactly the way, like the process is going to be exactly the way that you think it up. And because the process isn't going to be exactly the way you think it up, it's not going to look once you get there. It's the exact same way either. It just it's impossible. So no, that's one wonderfully that. said. And <laughs> I, as you were saying that, so I didn't wear glasses the majority of my life, and um, over the last couple months. I'd be watching Netflix with my wife and I'd be like, what does it say on the screen? And eventually she she was like, look, you need to go get an eye test. Sounds and like I, me, honestly. Yeah. This and is, I, this and is I, me. And I couldn't believe it. And I was like, no, no, no. I've had 20-20 vision my entire life. There's no way. Lo and behold, I went to get an eye test and, and now I'm wearing glasses. But it, the reason I bring this up beca- is because you know, I was so dead set on the fact that I could see things Despite the fact that I was asking for help, but like I was kind of a little stubborn uh, about it. And then I put on the glasses and I realized, oh my God, like I can, I can see so much better. And I'm not comparing you to a pair of glasses, but I am saying that you are definitely a facilitator uh, with regards to um, the ultimate vision and, and the ultimate goal, which is um, to see things um, as the way they were intended to be. And to your point, it, it's never going to end up being exactly the way that one might 
see it right now. There's there's so many factors that kind of evolve and come to play with that and and that impact um, that final reflection. Um, totally. And and just to add to that, that's part of the beauty, right? Like that's part of sort of like the entrepreneurial journey is like recognizing that and also enjoying what it becomes because. Like if you were to plan for everything, then you would also miss out on a lot of the incredible opportunities that could be thrown your way and like really propel um, the business forward. So absolutely. And then to kind of keep playing on this analogy, this last weekend, someone saw me wearing glasses that hasn't seen me wearing glasses before and made some compliment about like how I I look smart wearing glasses. And (laughs) and just to keep the analogy going, you know, as a CEO, as a founder, someone who kind of oversees, you know, that vision by bringing in someone to cover those blind spots, those spots where you're not necessarily, you know, that strengthened in, um, it could essentially lead you to get to that point where someone on the outside could be looking at what you just did and think, huh, that person's kind of smart and, and, you know, kind of turn it back on, on them as like a compliment. And so, yeah, you really are like the glasses. Um, and I'm going to run with that and run with that. And I, I, I do need to get glasses myself. So, so. Um, I'm also in the boat of being like literally stubborn. Like I need glasses. So. I've, I've, I've been thinking about making an appointment to the eye doctor soon. Well, uh, Warby Parker does not sponsor Mile 40, but I, I recommend checking them <laughs> out because it was an easy in and out process to get the eye exam and get the glasses. Um, so we we now have like a good understanding around how you got to where you are professionally. But one of the things that I kind of want to dig into a little bit more is the fact that I imagine the road certainly wasn't easy. There were definitely some ups and downs along the way. Um, There were probably some lessons learned. And I kind of want to dive into that a little bit. So I'll let you decide whether you want to choose something that was more recent or something that stands out about how you kind of um, got into this into the very beginning around uh, a difficult moment uh, as you were building Pink Skies or, or kind of came to the idea of building Pink Skies. But I want to give the listener base a little bit of insight into uh, some of the darker moments of of building a, a consultancy like this. Because as much as those CEOs and founders find moments of being alone, I imagine you also find those moments too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm scanning through <laughs> things. I think that there's there's moments when you when you're doing working in a uh, a freelance capacity and you're you're working with a variety of clients and there's moments where you first start out and you're just like I can't believe I'm doing this you're kind of like you don't believe yourself and you're like okay cool so I'm gonna you know charge X amount for this client. And like, is that okay? Like, I don't, I don't know. Is this, this is good. Like, you you come up with this idea in your head of like what your value is worth um, and what your time is worth. And I think that um, over the past few years, it's really been um, a continuous journey of understanding and trying to realize the value that I bring to the table. And it started off. Probably me feeling like, okay, we're going to try this out and hope that it works. And then someone saying yes to me and being like, okay, shoot, like I got to do this. And to, to today where I feel like I am constantly, I have top of mind that I am valuable. And these are all of the reasons why I'm valuable. And it wasn't necessarily um, an aha moment. It was definitely a gradual process. Um, And a lot of it was me making an investment in myself. I um, decided in about a year and a half ago now to hire a business coach, a business and mindset coach. And he's really helped me to see through a different lens because we're especially if you're ambitious you you want to achieve a lot of things you're always seeing this like better more um more advanced version of yourself and it makes you kind of come from a place of lack as opposed to of 
abundance and resourcefulness and value. And um, so it took a little while for me to get to a place where I recognized that one, I'm valuable. The things that I'm bringing are valuable. And like I can set what that value means to a business and they can determine whether or not that that works for them. But I need to make sure that I'm setting that value at where I feel like it's at. Um, and then also that everything is sort of like on that journey to becoming the higher version of myself. Like I'm on the way, like I'm already on the way there. And that doesn't mean that I am not like, that doesn't mean that I'm less than now. It means that it's happening and this moment is necessary for me to get to that as well. Um, so I think that, I don't know if that really answers the full question, but it was definitely a a process of kind of recognizing my worth and my value in a consulting business like this and recognizing that like, I am exactly where I need to be in that, in that process of becoming better. No, that that's so beautifully said. And, um, I can completely relate to that. I remember, um, and, and you were there around this time when break barriers came out and I was doing the release party, I, um, I needed companies to sponsor the event. Otherwise all the, all it was going to come out of my pocket and a lot of the money was going to charity. So I couldn't, I couldn't donate all I, I needed. I needed some way to fund the event. And I had never put together a sponsorship package before and I didn't know what it entailed. And I literally just made up three tiers in my head, a gold, silver, and a platinum. And I just threw random numbers at the wall and I just sent emails out. And I had no idea. I was terrified that you know the numbers were going to be outrageous. Someone was going to give me a really rude remark as to how could I even ask for that much money. And you know, lo and behold, someone responded and took the highest package uh, to sponsor the book release. And I remember thinking to myself, like it was a very scary slash beautiful part of the process that I had no idea about. And you constantly question your own worth. Like, am I am I worth this? Do I have the right to ask for this much money? Yeah. Do is any are people going to take me less seriously? Am I going to get blasted for this? And um, I, I totally, totally relate to that. And I, and I appreciate you you sharing that. And one of the things that I picked up on in your response, especially as you were talking about your coach, was um, the value and the importance of being present. And that's something mm-hmm. that I see that you emphasize a lot um, in a lot of what you share in the social world. Um, I feel like you've really worked hard to do your best to be present in those smaller moments and appreciate the small wins um, and to take um, the the moments that could be perceived as losses more so as learning opportunities. Um, can you speak to that a little bit and, and how that yeah. kind of plays a role into your day-to-day and really just your approach to life in general? Yeah. So actually... Um... You know, speaking of the 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 darker moments, I would say that part of the beginning of Pink Skies wasn't always Pink Skies. It was it was um it was challenging because I was in a lot of personal financial debt and the pandemic was happening and everything seemed like scary and uncertain and you know it was very, I think it put a lot of people into, um, what I call survival mode. Like you're, you're like, am I, is this, am I going to be good? You know? And, um, so I was just hardcore obsessed with work and getting things done, um, and trying to make sure that these clients were happy with my work because I was like, this is all I got. I got to just make sure that this is going to work out. Um, and I, I would I wasn't present, and I had done a lot of work prior to that um, around some personal growth and development. I had done my 200 hour yoga teacher training, you know, before all of this, and I felt really good about where I was at from a mindset perspective. But when all of this happened, I was like, I really went into this survival mode where I wasn't I wasn't focused on anything other than making sure that I was like financially good, and I wasn't present, and I wasn't. Um, 
in the best state of mind. Like I was, I was very, I had a very limiting beliefs and my mindset. So um, that's also been a process of figuring out what it looks like to have variety and have a lot of things going on at one time, but also recognize that like, literally, if I spend my time worrying about all these other things happening in a given moment, then I'm losing out on more than just all the other things happening in that moment. It's it's that and exactly what's happening in front of me. And it just, I can't afford to do that. Like from a personal health and wellness perspective, I can't afford to miss out on what's happening in front of me. It just creates, it's creates a worse environment. So um, I've definitely prioritized things like my morning routine. It's really, really important to me to like get my mindset focused for today. And um I I work on a couple of different skills and tools in the morning. I'm either reading, journaling, meditating, or uh, running my mantra beads. Um, So one or multiple of those things in the morning really help me to get my, to get my mind right outside of working out. But you know, that's, the physical endorphins. (laughs) No, no, I I appreciate you going into depth about that. And I think that was really helpful. And you mentioned limiting beliefs. And I feel like that is that that is such a common theme, especially around people who are juggling a lot at once. You know, I'll be the first to say it, I project limiting beliefs a lot more than I'd like to. Um, and I feel like similarly, I have a lot of things going on at once. And um, just listening to how you kind of address it is so helpful. And I, I hope and I'm sure actually the the audience could take something away from that uh, with regards to um, the fact that we're all kind of going through it. If you know me, you know that I like to look good and feel good. As an endurance athlete who trains daily, I need my wardrobe to fit the mold. Roan creates performance-driven clothing for your active lifestyle. Each piece is designed for versatility and made with integrity to outfit you for an active life lived on your own terms. The Roan promise is to help you move forever forward. Use code MILE40 for 20% off online and in-store for new customers only. Visit www.rhone.com, that's Roan spelled R-H-O-N-E, or find your local store and move forever forward starting today. I want to ask you a little bit, and I know I kind of alluded to earlier in the episode, um, your relationship. Um, <laughs> and well, that, that's a good start. <laughs> uh, no, because... I know Nick and I know you, um, uh, you know, and I, I see you both doing the best to be the best version of yourselves. And I imagine that's got to be um, magnified when you're working at things together. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to ask you uh, throughout this journey, uh, as you were kind of taking care of yourself first, um, how the lessons that you've learned have been incorporated into uh, nurturing your relationship um, and vice versa. Maybe the impact your partner has had on you uh, that have helped you, you know, on, on your path. Yeah, that's a good segue because I was going to say, I've learned a lot from Nick in terms of, you know, self-talk. Um, he's, uh, he's really good at, kind of outwardly and I, I'm I'm someone who gets to experience this. I, I don't think he does this to other people, but he is open and vocal verbally around the things that he likes about himself. And it's not, you know, it's like sometimes I'm like, okay, shut up. But <laughs> most of the time it's, it's like I see the impact that that has on his own mental well-being is like to be able to be in his own space to say things out loud that is are kind and and focused on elevating yourself. Um, 
not everyone does that. I definitely don't do that, but I've learned a lot and seen the impacts that that can have on you. Um, and of course he's not, um, inhuman. I'm sure that there's limiting beliefs and thoughts that go past through his mind all the time, but he definitely does not communicate about them. And if he is communicating verbally, it's, it's always usually in the positive. Um, so I've learned a lot from him in that regard, um, as it relates to, sort of the journey that I've had. One of the things I've recognized is the importance of building the relationship with myself. We're really intertwined. And, you know, prior to the, to the pandemic, we were working together as well. Like our lives were very intertwined. And I think that I learned the importance of, um, being able to spend time with myself and with the things that are important to me um, in an effort to like bring value to our relationship as well. Um, This past couple of years, he's taken on a new job and a new role, which has required a lot more travel. And at first it was like really scary because we had come out of the pandemic. We were attached at the hip, like spending every day together because there was nothing else to do or nowhere else to be. And now all of a sudden he was traveling a lot and I was, and I was at home working. Um, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is the, this is where I have to learn, like to be good with myself. Like just, just me, just me alone without him. Um, because you become dependent on your partner in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll pause there. There's a lot that we should, we could probably go into. No, that, that's but. really good. I mean, uh, Michael Chernow came on in an earlier episode and, and he talks about the value of just refining his, his best self. So that way he has the most to offer his family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, how sometimes it could pr- be perceived as, as selfish, but he goes on to like immediately dismiss that and 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 kind of push more toward the fact that it's more selfless in the fact that you know you can offer tenfold of yourself if you take care of yourself first. Um, and you know, as you were saying that that that's what I was what I was thinking of. Um, and um, I appreciate you sharing that and and kind of letting some of that vulnerability out because. You know, a lot of times people see what's going on on the outside and they can presume everything, you know, could be rosy without understanding that as much as it's a combined journey of the two of you, you guys are still on individual paths and you will be on individual paths, you know, for your whole lives as much as you're a unit. Um, and, and just kind of seeing you acknowledge um, what that transition meant for you and, and how you kind of approached it um, is, is great to hear. Um, I'd love to hear more about how um, you two go about, you know, tackling tougher moments together. Um, you know, you don't have to get into specifics around anything that happened unless you want to. But, you know, as a unit and you guys have been together for some time now, um, how do you guys generally approach challenges? And is there anything that you kind of could recommend with regards to what you've learned along the way about acknowledging, sorry, facing challenges together? Yeah. So I think that there's two two routes I want to go. One is sort of the proactive and one is the reactive. Um, proactively, I think uh, one thing that allows us to work through a lot of challenges that we face is this idea that we're always sort of aligned on our our vision in life, kind of going back to visions. Um, We love to take moments where we are at a standstill, whether that's like we're at the beach and we decide to take a walk or we're in a long road trip drive where we can't do anything other than talk to each other. Um, And we really like to map out our vision for what we have in our life. We talk through the things that we like, that we don't like, the things that kind of our expectations and, you know, things that we don't want to happen. And we really create a space to be like open and exploratory in that 
in those times. And I think that that allows us to have like a really strong foundation of the future, knowing that like, you know, a lot of these things will probably happen. They might not look exactly like we think they will, but they probably will happen because we're, we're open and we're talking about it. And it allows us to like reach towards that direction. And then on the reactive side, of course, there's things that happen. You're, you're two individuals who have, you know, two completely different experiences of life at any given time. Like it's, it's inevitable that there's going to be friction at times. Um, I think one of the things that we've found to work really well for us is to make sure that if we are in like an elevated or emotional state um, and unable to like have a productive conversation about something that we do our best to communicate that to the other person. Like, Hey, I need some time with this. Um, or I need a moment or I'm going to go on a walk, whatever it is, you communicate sort of what that you need um, some separation from the topic. And then we try our best to respect that from the other person and recognize that like, okay, we'll, we'll have to return to this conversation. We'll revisit it. And usually that always ends up just being 20 times more impactful than trying to address it immediately because you're able to have like really rooted, grounded conversation. And honestly, when I do that, I end up finding that I have a completely different perspective on the the topic than I would have if I had just gone right into the the bullpen, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny. <laughs> Everything you said is so perfect. And as you're thinking it, so I I'm recording my wife in a couple of days. Uh, and she, she's going to be <laughs> the 40th episode of, of Mile 40. Uh, oh, and you. so I've never been nervous about recording an episode. And for some reason, this is the one where like all of a sudden I'm like constantly texting myself notes, like jotting down ideas, like palms <laughs> are a little sweaty. And, um, you know, it, it's just very timely that you and I are speaking today because. I kind of knew I would have a lot to learn from you based on h- how I see your relationship with Nick. And, and I think um, I really wanted to hear you share some of that insight uh, because it's really foundational uh, type of advice. And it's the type of advice that you know I, I think about with regards to my own relationship. And I ask myself, am I thinking about it similarly like and do i need to poke holes at this or um you know am i bought in and and the way that you guys um you know kind of approach these type of interactions um is really really special um and so thank you for sharing that um we we can go down this this hole for a while but i want to make sure that i i'm conscious of time i want to ask you um um, well, I guess one more question around your relationship. What are some mm-hmm. of the key differences between you and Nick on on the surface? Um, I would say he's very main character energy, okay. like very outgoing. And I wouldn't say that I'm not outgoing, but I definitely am a bit a bit more subtle, a bit more subdued. Okay. Um. He is like a massive ideas guy. Like he will communicate about like he'll have an idea and and he'll communicate it to me. And then I'll literally hear him on 10 different phone calls that day communicating the idea to other people. And I'm someone who maybe holds a lot of the the ideas that I have a little bit closer. I'm actually trying to be a little bit more like learn from him and be a little bit more exploratory and like collaborative with people in that the that early stage that idea stage and he doesn't he doesn't hold on to whether or not it happens he's not precious about it it just it allows him to explore the a different way of communicating it with others um and then thirdly i would say he's really good at bringing people together um and just his like superpower is saying, Oh, how do I connect this person with this person? And Oh, this person's going to be really incredible to connect with this person and, and doesn't connect to like whether or not it works out. And I would say I'm someone who 
probably thrives a bit more in like smaller, simpler settings. Um, but again, I'm learning and growing to from him in a lot of ways to learn how to bring people together um, more effectively. And then I guess I was just thinking, I was like, man, I'm saying so many great things about him and less great things about me. <laughs> I would say one thing I do is I definitely get him to stop and think a little bit more. Um, he's very spontaneous and very um, improvisational. And I like to... I'm I'm a deep thinker. I go deep into thought. And I'm also kind of a very empathetic thinker as well. So I, I force him to stop and think a bit more um, about certain situations at times and sort of how things might be impacting others in a way he might not see them. I'm, I'm, I appreciate that the way you answered that question. And the first part of it, you talked about the main character energy. Uh, yeah. um, and I, I asked, and I'm glad that you, you worded it like that. I haven't heard it worded like that, but it, it's interesting because, uh, I've seen that dynamic before. Uh, and, um, what I love about it is what I will say, and, and you kind of pointed it out yourself, right? Like, it's not like the main character is great and the other person's not. And I got to figure out a way to bridge the gap and get closer to being the main character. And then the other uh, characteristics that you gave as well, it's more about how you play together uh, despite mm -hmm. having, you know, distinguished characteristics. Um, and um, I'm, I'm going to remember that one uh, because I, I think that was very well said. I want to ask you about, sources of inspiration. Um, you talked about your morning routine um, and you talk about how you take care of yourself. Uh, but I want to ask you a little bit with regards to uh, whether it's recent or whether it was growing up, um, where you found a lot of the inspiration to attack life in the manner that you do. Hmm. You know, recently I've been thinking a lot more about um, trying to connect back to things that I did when I was younger and, and sort of that through line, that thread throughout time. And I will say that I've just always had a curiosity to learn. Um, and specifically in regards to people's mindsets and their approach to life. Um, I'm not someone who has like big heroes that I like envy and try to become. Mm -hmm. I like to have many different sources of inspiration and people. It could be um, a conversation that we have and someone says one thing that is just like so powerful that I hold on to it. Um, or it could be a full whole book series that I decide to dive into. But, um, yeah, I think. I've always been interested in how people approach life and how they view things in a way that gets to more of a positive perspective. Um, and so for that reason, I think um, books are often a big source of inspiration for me. Um, I can tap into the minds and sort of the approaches that other people are taking on a regular basis. And it's also why I enjoy you know, one-on-one -on -one more intimate conversations as opposed to like big party group settings. I enjoy going a little bit deeper below the surface and understanding how people's minds work. And that definitely requires a, a degree of curiosity for sure. Was there a period in your life where you had maybe realized that life was not as mapped out as you intended it to be? And let me kind of dig into this question a little bit more. Did you or are you now in a position as a person, whether it be in your relationship or in your career um, or any higher aspect of your life, um, are you now the person who 10, 15 years ago you thought you'd be? Uh, or was there a period where you finally realized like life just isn't as mapped out as I thought it was going to be. Like, you know, like perhaps you thought you'd be working at a company or, you know, in a specific place or in a specific state of life. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. I, I learned this lesson 
my freshman year of college because I was having this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to, I need to know what I want to do because I need to pick my major and I need to make sure that I'm doing the thing that I, I know I want to be doing, but I was a bit lost and didn't feel like I had that, like, oh, I for sure want to be a doctor or I for sure want to be a designer or for sure want to be an engineer, whatever. Um, and I was, I remember meeting with, they gave you like your first year counselor and mine happened to be one that was like focused, like he was a, a doctor, a psychologist who was like studying around like your life's purpose. And so I immediately was like, whoa, this is amazing. And the way that he's talking to me is amazing. And we did this whole test. I'm like trying to figure out what like my interests were and all of this stuff. And I think I just reached a point where I was like, it, it's obviously not one thing. Like, it's definitely not like, this is my career path. In fact, the only way I'm going to figure out what I want to do is to do my very best to go in the direction that feels right at the time and start to understand a little bit more about myself each time what I like, what I don't like. When I don't like something, I now know I can steer away from that and I can continue on in the direction. And it just keeps getting, I just keep stripping away the things that like lead me closer to me and my purpose as opposed to something else or some other big vision. And that's kind of since then how I've viewed everything that I do. I Everything that I do is valuable and brings a gift to me, but I also can use it to understand myself further and continue to navigate because I don't, I don't think that I'm going to have some big, like, this is the one thing that I wanted to accomplish in my life. It's going to be many things over time and it's just going to accumulate. Thank you. Well, you've, been most certainly a gift to mile 40. Um, And I want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on, you know, for some background for the listeners. Um, I've really enjoyed all the female guests that we've had on the show. And one of the things that I'm intentionally working on is getting more and more females. And Aaron's name came up once or twice. And, uh, you know, the way that you were described was she's such a badass. Uh, and um, I I knew I had to get you on the show and I really appreciate you taking the time out for being vulnerable with us for opening up you know not only in your career journey but also a little bit about your relationship and um, you know I'm proud of uh, having you as a friend but also uh, someone who I can learn from and you know I just want to say thank you you know I have no doubt this episode is going to touch many people Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for creating the space for us. You got it. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mile 40 podcast, go ahead, subscribe, leave a review and share the word. Thank you for being a part of the Mile 40 family. And let's unite in showing the world that comebacks are always greater than setbacks.